You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. NordVPN is a secure way of preventing your personal information from being spread around the web when using Wi-Fi. The line of protection is wonderful. It prevents spam, viruses, and other unwanted privacy intruders. So when Reza and I are traveling, which we are frequently. We're often using these insecure restaurant or airport Wi-Fi portals, which are notorious for stealing identity. NordVPN is a great way to protect you and prevent hackers from stealing your information. And you can even use your NordVPN on up to six devices, laptop, phone, iPad, smart TV, etc. Plus the added bonus of how awesome it is to use NordVPN to gain access to your favorite TV shows in other countries. You can just change your country, get on Netflix in, I don't know, Finland, and watch Peaky Blinders in Finnish, and these would usually be geo-blocked, and uh, it's, it's a cornucopia of dopamine watching. All you got to do is go to nordvpn.com slash milkshake, and you can get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Welcome to Metaphysical Milkshake, the show where we go deep, we get weird, and we search for the meaning of life along the way. Presented by Cast Media and Soul Pancake. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Metaphysical Milkshake. I'm Rain Wilson. And I'm Reza Aslan. Reza, yeah. Uh, how are you, man? You look a little tired there. Yeah, man. You try having four kids during a pandemic, okay? No, 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 no. That's that's not it. Have you been sleeping okay? Well, first of all, no, I have not. And second of all, when I do get to sleep, I I've been having this like recurring nightmare. Oh wow! Tell me. Well, I log on as usual to do our podcast, but instead of me being your co-host. It's David Cho. What do you think that means? Reza, that was one time you were sick. There was a pandemic going on and we needed to record the show. I know, but you guys were just so good together. Like, we really, we actually really were. I feel like, I feel like I really have no, no place in this podcast really anymore. What do you think this dream actually means, Reza? I, I, how should I? I have no idea what dreams mean. I once dreamed that I looked in the mirror and had the face of Barbara Bush. Barbara Bush is, is hot. She's underrated. She was. <laughs> I was attracted to myself. It was true. So... Yeah, this is a great question. What in the hell do dreams ever mean? What are dreams? So there's, we've got, folks, um, this was so much fun to dig into this episode. So many incredible facts about dreams. Uh, In fact, here's a few. We're going to throw some at you to kind of begin the discussion. In an average sleep cycle of seven, eight hours, you will 
experience five sleep cycles and five dream episodes within them. So everyone is dreaming five times a night. Five times a night. Well, okay, here's the interesting thing. The first of the sleep cycle episodes lasts about 10 to 15 minutes, and then your the length of your dream increases with each one of the sleep cycles. Wow. So that means that last sleep cycle, that, that fifth one, your dream could be anywhere up to 40 minutes long, which which makes sense, right? Like that that's that last dream that always sticks it's always with you. The, yeah, that last, the richest dream that you're having at like six in the morning. The longest, most deep. complicated dream. And it, yeah. it literally is. Yeah. And uh, fun fact, 95% of all dreams are quickly forgotten. I know I really- 99% forget. for me. Yeah, honestly. 99 actually. Here's a fun fact. Uh, did you know that yeah. obviously most people dream in color, but about 12% of people claim that they can only dream in black and white. And even more interesting, of that 12%, the majority were over the age of 55. And people think that the reason that is is because they grew up watching black and white TV. Amazing. Isn't that cool? So all of the black and white dreamers are, <laughs> are dying off? <laughs> Eventually, yes. And uh, here's another fun fact about dreams. Men and women dream differently. In several studies, oh, yeah. men dream more about weapons than women, and women dream more about clothing than men. Men's dreams have more aggressive content and physical activities. Well, oftentimes women's dreams contain more rejection and exclusion as well as more conversation, really, than physical activity. Women have longer dreams uh, that feature more characters and... Men dream about other men twice as often as they do about women, while women tend to dream about both sexes equally. You know, I feel like you don't need to be a dream scientist to have known that one. It, you know what I mean? Like, it just mm. seems men dream about weapons, women dream about friends. Really? It's yeah, a comedy you routine? You uh, here's something. Here's another fun fact about dreams. I, I knew this. I think you knew this. but A lot of people know this. You can control your dreams, right? It's called lucid dreaming, but it's not some like superpower, right? I mean, some people are better at it than other mm. people, but you can actually learn to control your dreams simply by uh, repeating a phrase. I will remember my dreams. I will remember my dreams or by like focusing on certain stimuli. So we all have the ability to actually have lucid dreams. Uh, I've had many of those. I have a lot of lucid dreams where I'm like, and I love that sensation of like, oh, I'm having a dream right now. You know what? Ask him a question. You know, go to the giant talking tortoise in your kitchen who's eating a peanut butter sandwich and <laughs> yeah. ask him, you know, what TV show he likes or whatever. And you're able to kind of like be in there. Your consciousness is riding along. And, mm -hmm. and it's always a positive experience. It's kind of like, oh, this is kind of It fun. is always I'm, a positive experience. You're right. Yeah. It doesn't happen to me too often. But every time it happens to me, my first thought is, well, fuck this dream. I'm going to go fly. Like, I'll be in the middle of a dream and I'll realize I'm dreaming and I'll be like, I'm going to stop this conversation and jump out the window. I'm going to take off, just like Superman. Yeah. I wonder, too, uh, Reza, a little off topic, but um, if the, the physics of our dreams, you know, the fact that we can fly somewhere, that we instantaneously appear somewhere, that people appear from out of the blue, that we'll jump time frames, all of a sudden we're three years old, then we're 90 years old. If this has given people an idea of what the afterlife might contain or some oh. of the, the rules of physics and logic in some kind of afterlife where, 
it's beyond time and space, really. Um, and often dreams are so emotional. And I know that's something we're going to get into uh, with our guest today. But anyways, well, that just see, that now, was this something. Is a very, this is a great transition because, you know, what we're talking about is all these fun facts about dreams, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is that as much as we've been studying, you know, dreams for a century or more, we actually don't really understand them. You know, we we have no idea why we dream. We still yeah. don't have any consensus about why we dream. Yeah, there's a bunch of theories out there, but they all kind of seem like bullshit to me. They're so lame, these scientific theories of like, we need to sort our memories in the correct data of <laughs> silos in at night. That's right. We are we are doing categorization. We're basically filing. Uh, yeah. in our <laughs> I don't I don't believe it. It's like accounting. So, yeah. So let's bring on an expert. All right. This is this is one where we're just we're not gonna get this on our own. Okay, yeah, I'm and I read a little bit of Freud. I let I read a little bit of Jung, but we need a fresh perspective uh over uh, what our dreams actually mean, why we dream, how to understand our dreams. And so that's our guest tonight, Dr. Ian Wallace. He is a dream expert. Uh, Ian Wallace is a psychologist who specializes in dreams and dreaming. Um, he's originator of the dream connection process, a way to have insights into your dreams and have them make a healthy difference in your life. He's the author of Top 100 Dreams, The Dreams We All Have and What They Really Mean. That is a bestseller internationally. It's in 14 different languages. He's the author of the complete A to Z Dictionary of Dreams, Be Your Own Dream Expert. And of course, his new book, Decode Your Dreams About Unlocking Unconsciousness and Learning How It Influences Experiences. Please welcome to the show, Ian Wallace, direct from Scotland. Ian Wallace, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I got the book right here. I've been devouring it, Decode Our Dreams. It's like a, it's basically like a, an encyclopedia. It's like, did you have a dream about, uh, I don't know, being pregnant? Turn to being pregnant on page, you know, 71. Did you have dreams about finding money? Turn to page 115. You'll know what it's about. It's a very useful book to just kind of keep on your bedside table. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, a lot of the, the work I do with dreams can be quite academic, but I really always like the idea that dreams should be something really accessible that anyone can engage with. So that was one of the reasons behind writing Decode Your Dreams was the idea of rather than having some huge tome to leaf through to understand your dreams, you could just flick, flick to that page and there you go. Okay, but one question before we get into it, because I really, you know, I would love to hear, we're going to have fun with this episode, folks, by the way. Yeah, we're going to talk <laughs> some, you know, metaphysical ideas behind You're going to learn a lot about us. Some specifics about dreams. We're going to share some dreams. We're going to bring folks on with their dreams. A good friend of mine and several uh, Milkshaker listeners along the way. Audience is demanding answers. So let's just get right to it. Why the fuck do we dream? I know there's like 40 different theories about him. None of them sound, we were talking about them earlier in the show. None of them sound exactly right to me, to be honest with you. So in your opinion, wh why do we dream? What's the purpose of dreams? There are endless theories about dreaming, and because it's such a powerful experience, and because humans have been dreaming for at least 30,000 years, as far as we can make out, 
then everyone's got an opinion on it. Hmm. The, the opinions really fall into two camps still. There's the kind of traditional opinion that dreams are messages from the gods, from beyond. Uh, and that's kind of what I call the whole swirly cape and pointy hat brigade that, ooh, dreams are this strange thing and you better listen to them. And, you know, if you dream about a horse a week on Thursday, your car will break down uh, and that sort of approach. Another one's the academic one that thinks that dreaming is just some sort of random electrical activity. Uh, and both those approaches take that outside-in approach. They try and guess what's happening inside someone's brain, whereas the approach I take is more of a uh, an inside-out by trying to understand the imagery that someone generates at night and sees how that's reflected in the world around them. So the there's been a lot of progress probably in the past 20 years on understanding the dreaming process. Uh, and what it's revealed is that the fundamental function of dreaming is it's a sense-making process. Mm. And what it's making sense of most of is our emotions. Mm. So when we dream, we, we generate images. But in waking life, when we share our emotions, when we express emotions, we usually do it in the form of an image. So, Rain, if you were angry with me and you said, Ian, I'm angry with you, I think you, know, you may be just a bit disappointed. If you say, Ian, I'm so angry, I'm going to explode. I think, well, now I'm dealing with an unexploded bomb. Or Reza, if you say, Ian, if you do that again, I will positively erupt. So we use emotions in waking life, emotional imagery, to express our emotions. And we do the same in dreaming. So a dream is not just a stream of emotions, not just a stream of imagery. It's also a flow of emotions. So in doing that, that's the fundamental function of dreaming is it's an emotional processing. Okay, I got to be honest. That's the best explanation I've ever heard. Yeah, you win that. That, that was, was it. So, that was the like, one. I was so ready to poke holes in it, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that that totally makes sense. Because, and it's so true. And you and you talk about in your dreams and in, in the book and in in your research about these emotional components. And it's so true. The act of dreaming is just so emotional. Um, mm-hmm. And the, you know the thing that uh, you know pisses me off is uh, you know all the the scientists that kind of dissect dreams and kind of have these kind of lame ideas that are obviously just made up. Like, well, dreaming is how we categorize our memories and sort them. It's like, well, how do you know that? How do you <laughs> show me the data on that? Um, but they are so emotional. You know, all of those theories don't take into account like how emotional dreams are. We're, we're heartbroken. We're unheard. We're lonely. We're raging. We're... We're being attacked. We're fearful. Uh, there's such an emotional core at the center of dreams. It's pretty rare to have a dream where you're not feeling. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. I think that that would never happen. And, and the, the other part of it, um, the, the reason that dreams have evolved and we use dreams so much is that people like researchers like George Lakoff, a uh, cognitive scientist at Berkeley, guys like Stanislas Dehan, Benjamin Levy, uh, they, they have shown that at least 98% of human awareness occurs unconsciously during waking hours. Uh, and most of that unconscious awareness is emotional. Some of it is spiritual, but it's mainly emotional. And so the main way that we process our emotions is during that period yeah. of sleeping at night when we all dream for around two hours per night and we just spend our time generating images to make sense of our emotions. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Hey, milkshakers, is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? These are hard times. This pandemic, we're all being tested to the brink. And um, frankly, therapy can help. And most therapists, they're booked up months in advance. It's hard to get a new therapist. But BetterHelp will assess you and your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available locally in many areas. And this service is for clients worldwide. So if you're listening in from a remote island in the Pacific, BetterHelp is your pathway to mental health and fulfillment. And... You can log into your account pretty much any time and just send a message to your therapist from that island in the Pacific. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you do with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. And it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And they've even got financial aid that's available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit their website, read their testimonials. They're posted every day. Visit betterhelp.com milkshake. That's better, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting uh, additional therapists in all 50 states. Reza. Special offer for Metaphysical Milkshake listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash milkshake. Thanks, BetterHelp. Folks, you know this. 90% of the coffee that you get from a grocery store is actually stale. Yeah, you heard that right. The coffee you know and think you love needs a serious Upgrade. So instead of rebuying the same old, same old, let Trade Coffee send you something freshly roasted that you're literally guaranteed to love. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. So whether you're a coffee nerd or you just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. So take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. Trade has been featured by the New York Times, by Wired, GQ, has delivered over 5 million bags of coffee. Their subscription is no hassle. Skip shipments, change your frequency, or cancel at any time. I actually took the uh, the Trade Coffee quiz. It was so yep. fun. You basically just, you know, talk about like your relationship to coffee. How do you have coffee? How often do you have it? What are you, what are you looking for in a coffee? And then when the, the quiz is done, they decide for themselves like what coffee you're going to love. And I got my very first bag. It's called it's a Blue Boon Coffee, which like I never would have seen this. I'm not, not going to find this at Trader Joe's, you guys. And so I've been trying it and it's like if coffee were made just for me, that's what this coffee would be. And for our listeners right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash milkshake. 
To get started, take their quiz at drinktrade.com slash milkshake and start your journey to your perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash milkshake for $20 off your first three bags. So is this what you mean when you say uh, the dream isn't happening to you, you are happening to the dream? It's it's yeah absolutely yeah that's the idea that like the that every part of the dream every person in the dream every aspect of the dream every symbol of the dream is just basically some reflection of you and 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 counter question to that or in addition to that and I've heard this said before from therapists and stuff that you are you are every character in the dream in some way shape or form is that the same thing or is that kind of different. Yeah, yeah, that, that's absolutely right. So it was discovered in the, the late 90s by Mark Soames, who's a South African neuroscientist. That he studied different parts of the brain in a magnetic resonance scanner. Uh, and the parts that light up when you dream are, are actively creating the dream. Hmm. So the, the parts of it's the, the ventromesial forebrain, prefrontal cortex, uh, the brainstem around the amygdala and hippocampus. So it's all around creating stories to understand how you can fulfill emotional needs in waking life. So a dream is fundamentally how you imagine yourself, or in the modern parlance, it's the ultimate self-portrait, the ultimate selfie. So all the characters in the dream are reflections of usually latent characteristics that you may have, but you have the opportunity to express and enact in waking life. Dreams are the ultimate selfie. I like that. Well, the, um, that's that's incredible, and um, I, I love what you said about storytelling. And I'd never really thought about that before. You know, Reza and I talk a lot about storytelling. That's something that we're obviously very involved in. We believe in the power of storytelling. We do that through, you know, podcasting. We do that through television. We do that through writing. And but I hadn't really connected dreams as being kind of the fountain of storytelling. And obviously, that's the foundationally, that's what Carl Jung was talking about. The, you know, the, the symbols that lie at the bottom of these dreams are kind of archetypal story elements, you know, mountains and being crushed and where water comes from and, and darkness and light. And these are having to do with hero's journey, which is our journey. We're all the heroes in our dreams. God, I, I, exactly, so Ryan. And that's, uh, what Joseph Campbell, uh, who originated the hero's journey, when he was doing all the comparative mythology, one of the things that he said is that uh, a dream is a private myth and a myth is a public dream. Mm. So there's that idea that much of our culture and mythology, uh, and I know that you have spent a lot of time exploring religion, uh, most of the major religions, especially the Abrahamist religions, come from a dream, that Mm. someone, a prophet, Mm. had a dream, some sort of vision, and then from that, uh, a religion or spiritual practices evolved. Um, well, this is really enlightening because now that I realize that all the characters uh, in my dreams are just me, it just it makes me rethink all the sex dreams that I have now. Like I, <laughs> it's really hard for me to think about no. them the same way. Yeah, well, narcissist, look at him. <laughs> All the sex dreams is Reza making love to himself, and that makes, I mean, it makes sense. Up in my mouth. Yeah, so uh, it, it's a really fascinating area, sex dreams. Uh, I've just had uh, an article published about that, uh, and I'm getting uh, requests to talk more about sex dreams. But 
Like the, in what, in it, like it brings us to a key house or, or <laughs> dreams <laughs> quarter. Well, I, I once had this. Where does one I, get an article uh, about uh, dreams published? Yeah, so this one was in uh, uh, in some newspapers, and someone wants to do it in the New York Times now. Uh, but work in this area, I suppose, in the areas you work in, you have uh, unusual experiences. And I once did uh, an article on sex dreams for I think it was um, Cosmopolitan in Brazil, and for the next six months. Every day, I'd get about 30 or 40 really quite um, uh, lucid descriptions of sex dreams sent to me, mm. which, was, which was great. It was very good. But the, Mind forwarding. Uh, the thing about... Long, we, but, uh, I, I've got them in a folder someplace. I'll send them we'll, over we'll to you. We'll talk offline. Um, yeah. But the, the really interesting thing there um, is that we always have to understand the difference between what we create in the dream and actual reality. And although Jung and Freud and lots of other people uh, talk about symbolism, uh, people tend to think of sim- a symbol as some kind of substitute. But what a symbol is is actually a connection. So it connects something tangible and real to something intangible. It allows you to express the intangible in a tangible form. So when you have a sex dream, you're not really ever dreaming about some sexual situation or encounter in waking life. It's what a sex dream means. It's what sex means. And sex is all about intimacy and creativity. So uh, the psychological word for sex is procreation. So we have this idea that we have a seed of an idea and we have a labor of love. We conceive a project, we conceive a plan. So all the language around sex is this idea of conception, of joining, marrying things together and bring them to fruition. And it's becoming intimately aware of that. So when you create a sex dream, there's something in your waking life where you're becoming intimately aware that you have the creative power. And creativity, not in the sense that you have to do it in oils or mixed media or some site-specific installation, but you have the creative power maybe to solve a problem or create something unique, write something unique, perform something unique. So all those sex dreams that you have, Reza, are all about using your unique creativity to bring a labor of love into fruition. OneSkin is a longevity company led by a team of five PhDs developing solutions to prevent, slow down, and reverse aging. OneSkin harnesses the science of aging to develop products that extend the length of time that skin is healthy and youthful. OneSkin's topical supplement is a daily moisturizer powered by their proprietary peptide OS1, the first peptide scientifically proven to reduce the biological age of skin. Look, skin care is health care. Comprehensive wellness should include our largest organ, skin. One Skin's priority is to keep your skin healthy in order to keep your body healthy. The outstanding beauty benefits are a consequence of a healthy skin. One Skin is for everyone. It's designed for anyone who cares about aging at their best health. And that means men too. After all, we should all care about the health of our largest organ. You keep talking about our largest organ and... I was pretty sure that's not the skin. That is actually the human liver. But regardless, listen, one skin is awesome. Um, I've been using it ever since they sent me my podcaster free sample. And I'm definitely, uh, sign me up. It's really amazing. I've used a lot of moisturizers and it's dry out here in Southern California. The water is hard. I get out of the shower. My, my face feels like parched. And uh, I just, I love it. It is a, a beautiful, 
facial lubricant, and I literally look 24 years old. You look great. You definitely look great. Visit oneskin.co slash milkshake and use code milkshake for 15% off your first purchase. The code applies to one-time purchases and the first order of subscription purchases. That's O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot C-O slash milkshake. And use the code milkshake for 15% off your first purchase. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's amazing. Now, you had mentioned earlier visions. And I guess there's a lot of other aspects to dreaming I wanted to get your opinion on. You're a very smart, gentlemanly Scott. And um, do do you think that visions happen? Do, do we have, an, is a vision is different than a dream? I have a couple others, but let me just start with that one. Yeah, so there's, um, when you actually examine the dreaming process and study it, then there's a, a very, very interesting phase uh, at the point between waking and dreaming. It's called hypnagogia. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And it had been described back in the 19th century, but it was brought into popularity recently by a Cypriot psychologist, Andreas Mavromatis. And in hypnagogia, you are in that liminal state between waking and dreaming. And your brain is, like in the dreaming process, it's actively generating imagery, but you're effectively shining it on to real-world perceptions. So this is what people do in the, the phenomenon of lucid dreaming or in sleep paralysis. But it also can happen uh, in waking life, that idea of a vision, you are taking all the internal imagery and, and generating what appears to be something tangible, but it's actually coming in from inside you. 
So, uh, and it often happens in times of physical stress. So that's why Native Americans often had that idea of going off into the wilderness uh, and finding out what the spirit animal was by fasting. Uh, people do it by using drugs. You don't really need to do that. Uh, we all do it naturally twice a night, just as you're falling asleep. You'll be thinking about the things that happened during the day. Yeah. You'll be thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow. And you'll have a, a flash of an image, an uncommanded image that will come into your mind. And that's literally the moment you're falling asleep. But you, you're in the hypnagogic phase then. And then when you wake up in the morning, which is usually a bit more leisurely, you will be dreaming. And then as you come out of the dream, you'll be aware of your surroundings in your bedroom. But in that moment, you are in a visionary space again. Wow. Um, that's cool. Now, what about, I'm going to get a little woo-woo here, but what about dreams Fabulous. that tell the future? You know, because you do, I don't know that I've had any, but I definitely have had dreams where it, it kind of turned into deja vu. Like I had a dream and then parts of that dream seemed to just kind of be coming true in the future. But you must have heard from people like, I had a dream about X, Y, and Z, and then sure enough, that it came happened. true or it yeah. showed me what to do in the future. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, a lot of people might scoff, but I, I think this is a it's, a, it's a real thing, isn't it? Have you ex- encountered this? Yeah, so there's a, there's a phenomenon called a precognitive dream, which is this idea that you, you have a dream and then whatever happened, the events of that dream then occur in real life. Now, the challenge with this, there are two approaches to it. Um, a, a lot of what we dream uses imagery from the world around us, and a lot of this is quite mythical or cultural imagery. So, for example, the 16th most common dream around the world is an aircraft crash. And thankfully, aircraft crashes are very few and far between. But whenever there is one, I get lots of emails from people saying, I dreamt that airplane was going to crash. Oh, that's funny. And then because Mm. it's the 16th most common dream, uh, and every night planet Earth generates around 35 billion dreams, and you think, well, there's a fair chance someone's going to generate the 16th most common dream. The other side of that, though, Rain, is that people tend to think that dreams are all about working through past experiences. But the reality is it's not just going through past experiences. It's also exploring future expectations. So what we actually do, we, we tend to, the dreams we have are actually projecting us maybe three or four days out into the future when we're looking at opportunities. And because we work at that mythical level in the dream, then there are some things in real life that will match up with the mythical situations and events that we are generating in the dream. So I often hear it reported that some will say, I, I dreamt that thing happened. There's a, another a very similar phenomenon where someone will go to a new city, a strange city, and they'll find the streets very familiar. And they'll be walking around and think, I know this place because I visit here in my dreams a lot. So it may be something woo-woo, but it also may just be a, a neurological phenomenon. And because the brain's so complex, no one has actually figured it out yet. But the key thing is we always have that mythical fundamental pattern and we lay our experience on it. So it is possible to dream of the future. Okay, so plane crashes, top 15 uh, most common dreams. We had our, our producer, Safa, uh, write down the top 10 most 
common dreams, and we don't need to go through all of them, but we thought we'd you know mention a few of them, and then you give us your okay sort of idea, you know idea of what, what it, it is. Why 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 do we have these dreams sure. all the time? So uh, this one this one is very very common. I've had this. A lot of people have had this. It's the whole teeth falling out dream, right? I think at one point or another, everyone has had the teeth falling out dream. What 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 is that? What is that about? This is the second most common dream around the world. Uh, and again, people have all sorts of old wives' tales about it. They think it's about, um, they're worried about getting old, they're worried about losing money. In some cultures, it means that a relative is about to pass away. I thought Freud said something about masturbation. Am I, am I wrong about that? Then again, I think, wasn't that his, <laughs> that was his answer to every dream, <laughs> right? Well, he said lots of things about masturbation. We'll come back to teeth in a minute, but Freud was really interesting because um, if you actually look at all the terms he uses around dreaming, there are things like uh, residue, distillation, transference, sublimation. He took all his terms to describe dreams from 19th century industrial chemistry. Hmm. And so that's why he was an analyst. He was like a chemical analyst of dreams. And that's kind of where um, a lot of working with dreams went a bit awry because around about that time, uh, the word psyche or psychology shifted from being the study of the soul and spirit to being the study of the mind. Mm. And the soul and the spirit are where all the emotions are. So people concentrate on thoughts in the mind. And uh, that was largely down to Sigmund. Well, fun, fun fact. Fun yeah. fact, Sigmund Freud used to masturbate into a sock full of teeth. So. Well, that explains everything now. <laughs> now oh I God. get it. Yeah. Anyways, but you didn't. Yeah. You didn't. So what's your okay, analysis teeth falling there? out. Teeth falling out. Teeth falling out. Yeah. So the way uh, that I work with dreams, the way the modern way, is to work with the imagery and, and, and what it means. So we tend to show our teeth on two main occasions. One is when we're happy and smiling, we're feeling confident, and the other one is when we're kind of snarling, we're asserting ourselves, we're uh-huh. baring our teeth. Exactly. Uh, when we're showing our power. So teeth symbolize power and confidence. This is why people tend to uh-huh. wear sharp teeth on necklaces. We have all these idioms and sure. linguistics around it. So you're getting your teeth into something. Uh, the French say that if you are ambitious, uh, vous avez les dents longs, you've got big teeth. Right. If right. you're hugely ambitious, yeah. uh, vous avez les dents qui rayons le parquet, your teeth are so big they're scraping the floor. So teeth are all about power and confidence. If you dream, your teeth are falling out. And usually the idea, uh, the vision in the dream is that your teeth are crumbling. And it suggests that your feelings of confidence are crumbling in waking life. So the action from the dream, because the dream is just a dream until you put it into action, is to show up and appear more confident and step into your power. Okay. I'm a, mine is, my question is about uh, the two in a row. This is numbers most popular dreams, number common dreams, number six and number seven, and that is flying and falling. I've had a lot of flying dreams. Mm-hmm. When I was young, I used to be tormented by falling dreams. I had so many falling dreams, like, oh, and I can't catch myself, and I'm just, and as I hit, I wake up. And then there was kind of a, 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 a myth in my junior high school I don't know why this was in Seattle in the 70s, uh, this, I guess. I know what you're going to say because it was yep. in my high school too. Go. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was, yeah. That if you actually in your dream hit the ground without waking, you will die. Die. I, I heard that too. It's like, it, it is like, it's like the same thing about, you know, don't say Bloody Mary three times uh, yeah. into a mirror. Candyman. Candyman. <laughs> 
Candyman. Yeah, so so with that one, falling and flying, so the the, the falling and, and dying one, I always think, well, how would you know that someone was having a falling dream if they expired? All those people who died in their sleep, talk. we now we now know why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the um so flying is the sixth most common dream, and it is very common amongst creative people. And again, working with language, we have the idea that weight is associated with responsibility. I've got a big weight on my shoulders. Don't you realize the gravity of the situation? Uh, this task is proving to be a real burden. It's really weighing me down. So when you feel you are released from some practical considerations or you can rise above a situation by using your creativity, then you have that flying dream. You feel that you're walking on air and, and you're rising above it all. Uh, people have the flying dream in all sorts of different ways, flying like Superman, flying an aircraft or in a spaceship, all sorts of ways. It's about that idea of liberating your creativity uh, and rising above any earthly burdens you have. The other side of it, the corollary of falling, there are two aspects to this. There's a physical aspect and there's a psychological aspect. The physical one is when you go to sleep, all your large anti-gravity muscles start to relax. And just at the moment where everything is getting relaxed, you often experience a thing called a myclonic jerk or a myclonic twitch. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of like that, and you feel like you've just fallen off a curb or yeah. fallen down the stairs or something. Yeah, and you sometimes wake yourself up, and that is literally the moment you are falling asleep. The other one in the psychological aspect, the dreaming one of falling, uh, falling is really associated with failure, that you are concerned that you're going to fail at something and you're hanging on really, really tightly. And it suggests that in waking life, you're trying to micromanage something. You're trying to over-control it. And you're hanging on really, really tightly to an outcome rather than the process of getting to the outcome. So the action from that dream, from the falling dream, the seventh most common one is just to relax your grip a little and influence things and steer things, but just relax your grip and let things fall into place. We keep talking about top 10 dreams, uh, just so our, our uh, uh, listeners know what they are. Uh, top 10 dreams in order, top 10 most common dreams, being chased is number one. Number two, teeth falling out. We talked about it. Number three, unable to find a toilet. We've all had that. Usually ends with a wet bed. Number, uh, that was number three. Number four, naked in public. It's a common one. Number five, uh, like unprepared for an exam. Uh, I had that all the time. I had like the PhD version of that, which is like I didn't do the right margins in my dissertation, in dissertation? And, I, yeah. and no one bothered <laughs> yeah. to tell me, you know. Um, yeah. Flying no number six. Spacing. Yeah, double spacing. Uh, <laughs> falling number seven. We did that one. Number eight. Okay, this one is me. I, the out of control vehicle, right? The out of control vehicle. Eighth most common dream. I have this one all the time, but it's so real. Like for me, it usually involves like the brakes aren't working in the car and I am pushing the brake. It's not that they're not working. They're just like, they, they respond to how hard I push them. And so I am pushing this fucking brake with all of my might and it's sort of slowing me down. And then I wake up and I've got a cramp all the way up my leg. That's a, very right. common one, the out of control vehicle. Um, what does that one? What does that one mean? 
Anytime we dream about a vehicle, when we create that dream, then we are considering how we are making progress towards a particular objective or outcome in waking life. Uh, the type of vehicle uh, will reflect what you're involved in. Uh, the car or the automobile is the most common one because it's a personal vehicle, but people dream about buses and trains and submarines and aircraft carriers and all sorts of things. But when you're in a car or an automobile, uh, and you feel it's out of control, there's some situation in your waking life, and again, working with the language, where you are trying to drive forward with something. You're using your ambition and drive to arrive at an outcome. And often when you dream that you uh, the brake is ineffective, you can feel overcommitted to something, that you really, really want to get to an outcome. There's a huge amount of work to do to it, and you're not getting enough time to slow down and reflect on what's happening, consider it. So it can be, it often happens if you're trying to work to a particular deadline, that you're trying to reach a certain destination yeah. by a certain time. That's my entire life. And you just life. want to slow things, yeah, That's slow things down right a bit. There. So the action, the action from that dream is that you have another control in the car apart from the brake, which is the steering wheel, and you can just steer yourself gently and steer around. There might be shortcuts to it. There might be other things you can do. But rather than getting that cramp in your leg, just have a look in the rearview mirror and have a bit of a reflection on where you've been and how that's working for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that next time. Nice. Just to round up the top 10 here, number nine, after uh, number eight is out of control vehicle. Number nine, finding an unused room, which I actually, I think I've had this dream once before. Like when you're in your house and suddenly you notice a door you've never noticed before and you open the door and you're like, what the f- where did this room come from? That's a that's a that's the ninth most common one. And the 10th most common dream, being late, right? You're hmm. late to something. Hmm. I guess, you know, Reza and I were talking earlier, Ian, um, and, you know, when you go through so many of these, there's so many, there's so much anxiety, right? Being chased, <laughs> all, teeth falling out. Yeah. Just uh, find, yeah. can't find a toilet. You're naked and you're embarrassed. I get a lot you're of embarrassed. Late. Cars dreams. out of control. Yeah, cars out of control, falling, you know, uh, being late. So this, you know, that just that, that anxiety, like, so two-part question, what does this say about us as a society, as a civilization? And the second part is, have they done dream studies of like the Kalahari Bushmen? Or the pygmies in the jungle? Do they have? I'm sure they don't have out of control. Are they worried about the exam? But yeah, are they worried about being naked in public? If they're naked in public most of the day? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. Well, the, uh, yeah, so the the first, I'll come back. I was uh, just about to launch into the second part because there's some really interesting anthropological information there. But in the the first part, what it says about us as a culture is a lot of what happens in our culture is idealized, uh, particularly through social media. If you look through someone's Insta feed, it's often lots and lots of idealizations of the person they'd like to be. Hmm. So we have these very high expectations, these platonic idealisms of who we should be, uh, but it's not the reality of who we are. So we always have that that gap between there. And uh, Erwin Goffman, the sociologist, wrote a lot about this in uh, his 1956 book, The Presentation of Self in Everyday Life, about how we present ourselves often as theatre in everyday life, or Guy Debord wrote about it in The Spectacle, The Society of the Spectacle. So these things that happen are often because we are trying to live up to uh, an impossible uh, ideal of who we think we should be, rather than actually engaging 
with who we really are, uh, who we've been, and most importantly, who we can become. So that's why we often get anxious because of that distance, that apparent distance mm. between who we actually are and who we think we should be in the eyes of other people. And in terms of uh, different tribes, different cultures, different credos having different dreams, they, they really all have similar types of dreams. So the, I, I wrote a book uh, about 10 years ago called The Top 100 Dreams, uh, which was just based on studies of dreams from people all around the world. So uh, someone in the Kalahari, uh, they will dream about being chased. And the reason for that is another word for chase is a pursuit. So they might not be pursuing uh, some award, they might not be pursuing some big job, but they will be pursuing a particular outcome. And so that idea of pursuit is not just something chasing you, you're actually chasing something. Uh, being naked in public, that idea is it's all around the actual clothing you present. So with the clothes we wear, so I'm dressed as a sober psychologist this evening, but the clothes we wear are the image we like to present. And then if I was showing up in different clothes, then I'd be presenting a different self-image. And in terms of being exams, and you know, there might be some Amazonian tribe that aren't studying for PhDs and doing margins and double spacing, but they will have initiation rights. Mm. They will have tests of manhood and womanhood that they have to pass in order to be accepted into the tribe as adults. So we have all these things in all of human culture and human behavior, and they're reflected in how we process our emotions and our dreams. All right, here comes the fun part. Let's, uh, let's psychoanalyze uh, our guests uh, that we'll be calling in and then also the, and the our hosts, hosts of this podcast. I'll, I'll start. I've shared this dream with Rain before. This is a dream that I have had all my life. It's a recurring dream. Okay. It, it, I have it, I don't know, maybe, I'm going to say maybe four or five times a year. And it's a, it's a derivative of the teeth falling out dream, but it's not the teeth falling out dream. Usually the way the dream works is it, it often begins with me chewing gum. So I'm chewing gum or something. And then the gum gets stuck in my molars. Like it gets stuck in my molars. And so I reach into my mouth and I pull the gum, but the gum has like this infinite stretchability and I'm just pulling and I'm pulling. And the more I pull, the more the molar, it ne the molar never comes out, but it just, it yanks and I could feel it in my jaw. It's the most real sensation. It's just yanking it and yanking it. And then, and then so at some point what happens is that the gum stops being gum or usually like it, a bit of it comes out, but there's still I can feel with my tongue, there's still a little bit there, like underneath the the tooth. And then I will reach in there and I'll grab it. And it's not so much gum as it is just kind of like a like a, a fibrous material, almost like um almost like uh like a tendon or something that I just pull and I pull a little bit more and I think, oh, I'll just pull just a little bit more and it'll come out. I can feel it sort of coming out of my gums. Again, the sensation is so real. Uh, even now, as I'm talking about it, I can absolutely feel it. And I just keep going 
and going. And I think if I just go a little bit more, I'll, I'll, I'll cut it off at the end. I could like bite it off, but then there's a little piece still missing. There's a little piece still sticking out. So I, so I keep pulling at it. I keep pulling at it. It is maddening and it never, ever ends. <laughs> what the hell is happening to me? Ian, what's happening to me? Yeah. This is the 54th most common dream from around the world. Get out of here. <laughs> Have I? No, it's, uh, it's absolutely. It's, uh, as you were saying that. Then, well, you weren't jerking. Uh, thinking, you were yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah it's, the, it's the 54th most common one. Uh, it can be chewing gum. Some people have treacle. It's interesting what happens is, is it, um, some people just stay with chewing gum. Uh, people uh, often talk about some sort of thread of some fibrous material. Yes, that's it. Which is what, what you share, Reza. Yeah. So again, um, the, the mouth is how we communicate. It's how we share our feelings, how we share our emotions and how we express our needs. And because it's linked to the throat, all this stuff's kind of coming out of your mouth and throat, uh, the neck is what connects your heart and head, your thoughts and emotions. So there is something in waking life where you feel you need to say something, you need to get something out of your mouth, and it's usually some sort of story, some sort of narrative, and that's why it comes out in that string all the time. But um, it's messy uh, and it's sticky and you feel that if you say what you need to say, then it will be maybe upsetting for other people, it will be messy for them and you maybe get stuck in a situation. So it suggests in waking life that you are maybe uh, very polite. Uh, you maybe don't say what you'd really like to say sometimes to other people uh, and you're always trying to keep the peace uh, and be very nice. But sometimes um, you really need to chew things over uh, because this is what this is all about. You need to chew things over and understand what you really want to say to people. And because it's like chewing gum, one of the things that happens with chewing gum is very often it's sugar-coated. So in waking life, you might sugar-coat what you say to other people uh, using lots of euphemisms and platitudes rather than just coming out and just saying straight what you need from them. And it's not being demanding. It's not being unpleasant. It's just being very honest in doing that. Or we and say it's just being kind of, Persian. That's what we call it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's a Tarot. Holy yeah. shit, Ian. I mean, like you, you, have, you have glanced into my soul because this is actually a problem that I, that I talk to my counselor a lot about, which is I don't share my thoughts your or my counselor, feelings. Your school counselor? My <laughs> school counselor. You go after Who's class that? to your school counselor and talk yes, to them yes. about this? Yes, uh, she, yes. She, she expects great things from me. Um <laughs> No, but in all honesty, this whole thing that like I I I do not share my thoughts and emotions because oftentimes I just feel like oh, it's just gonna open up a can of worms. Is it even like it, I'll yeah. just keep it to myself? Like why why should I you know say this? I'll just I'll yeah. just keep it to myself. It's too sticky, you know. It's too messy. Uh, and uh, and I don't I don't say it. That's like, holy shit, man. People. Let's do more of these. Rain. That's fantastic. Okay, so here's mine. Boom, I'm mixing it up. Let's get crazy. I'm not going to share a dream, Ian, because honestly, I can't really remember any juicy ones. But drugs. just this morning, my dear friend Yasi texted me. And she said, I had a horrible nightmare about you. And she texted me like a three-page text where she had dreamed about me. And I was like, hey, are you free at 5 p.m.? Can you come on our show? 
So I'm bringing my friend Yasi on the show, and she's going to share her dream. All right, Yasi, come on down. Um, hey, everybody, please welcome to the show uh, my good friend Yasi. Hi, Yasi. Hi, Rain. And Yasi is a sometimes, sometimes frequent and infrequent listener of Metaphysical Milkshake. Is that not correct? It's true. I've actually listened to every episode. I know the last guy I think that was on here claimed that, but I actually have watched and listened to every episode. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your support. And Yasi is is an up-and-coming singer-songwriter now in the Portland, Oregon area. And and oddly enough, as we were getting ready to record this, uh, you texted me this morning with a kind of a nightmare about me in which I am a raging (laughs) asshole. We have one of the world's greatest <clears throat> dream authorities in uh, Ian Wallace. He's also a pilot, session musician, and a fashion photographer. So he can jam with you on your album and shoot your album cover and fly you to your gigs. But And once before, you make it big, he can counsel you. Yes, and he's also a therapist. So um, it's kind of all in one. In fact, I think you guys should consider getting married. But <laughs> more than that, tell us, please, fill us into the dream Spare no detail, but don't take too, too long. Okay, go. Okay, all right. I'll do my best. Okay, so the dream starts in what is presumed, presumably Rain's home, except it doesn't look like Rain's home. It's a big room uh, inside a series of rooms with a bunch of windows that outlook onto the rest of this house, presumably. Um, And it starts with me opening the shades to these windows, and I'm in this large space. and. It's clear in the dream that some impending doom is going to happen. There's some attack that's going to be happening on the property. And um, people, random people are coming into this, this, this place, not the room, but the broader house, uh, trying to seek shelter and fortification in this place. And so it's understood that, 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 that is, that's the, the setting and the, and, and the situation. And so I find myself uh, moving about the house uh, exiting and spending most of the dream outside of this structure, trying to set up fortifications and running into various characters like Rain's son makes an appearance at one point as I'm opening the shades. Um, and there's no real dialogue other than just, you know, moving about and doing our business because we understand that. Um, it's almost at, like a zombie at, invasion at, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, kind of like, except it's unclear, you know, it's, it, it seems like there's like a level of aspect of persecution happening, but un- unclear if it's sentient or not. So it's just this doom. Um, and it's understood that when the when night falls, that, uh, the, attack that the attacks will begin. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so we're working, we're working, and I run around and, you know, I never actually see rain except from a distance. Um but it's understood that I'm there and my purpose is to, you know, fortify this place. There's no way getting out. You know, people are running this kind of a Rohan, defend Rohan kind of moment. So then, so then <laughs> and, Gondor, <laughs> and Gondor is not coming, you know. Uh, yeah. so, 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 you know, time moves by and there's a, there's a woman who I don't know who's present um, kind of assisting me with the with the fortifications and it comes to be the sun is setting on the on the horizon there's a forest i notice behind this this big property and um and i ask this person if they've seen rain and there's also an awareness that my brother and his family are present at the house and none of these people have ever met so it's very strange to me 
Um, but they're all there. And I asked the woman and she says, oh, you didn't know. They left about three hours ago. They, they abandoned the, the property. And so I was frantic running here, here and there trying to, trying to understand, like, how could this possibly happen in the dream? Um, and as the sun was setting, I, I ran from the front fortification, which was just this sort of chain link wall, something like you might imagine, and walking dead to the back of, furthermost back of the property and called Rain on the phone and was like, what is happening? Where are you? And uh, Rain very calmly <laughs> uh, let me know that, uh, that about midday, they decided that they were going to sneak away uh, and leave. And they figured that I was too committed to the cause of trying to hold this place. And that if I, if they, if they took me with them, um, that, uh, that I'd, I'd give them up to the rest of the people and there would be some disorder. And so they decided in an effort to save themselves that they would leave me behind. And them is Rain, his family, my brother, his family. And so I'm with this, you know, I'm, I'm in this, this space now. And as soon as that, that realization hits, the first attacks start on the front of this complex. So you were abandoned and, by two families right before the attack happened. Right before the attack. And so, yeah, so the dream kind of ends. I start weeping on the phone and he's still on the phone. It's very strange. So we're, we're still on the phone. And my, my initial thoughts in the dream were like, what did I do? Like, what did I, it wasn't anger. It was like, what did I, what did I do? Like, how could I be this. fooled or cheated in this way? Now, Ian, and, um, before we go, yeah. I want to hear your analysis. Do you want some background information on me and Yossi's relationship? Uh, no. Yeah. Well, well, so well, that, well, that, uh, well affect it. Yeah. Uh, let, let's not yeah, let's, his let's go interpretation. Yeah, let's, 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 <laughs> so, so usually when I, I work with clients, then I, I get a lot of backstory and stuff from them. But let's just go straight into this. Okay. Uh, and just see what happens with it. So, Yossi, um, not thinking of dream rain, but rain in real life, what is the one quality that you associate with him? One quality? Uh, what yeah. do I associate with rain? Oh, man. My friend. He's, friend, he's a friend, okay. a really a true friend to me. Yeah. Okay. Anytime we, we dream about a house, so we said that being chased is the number one dream theme. Mm -hmm. The number one dream symbol is the house. And the reason for that is the house symbolizes the self. Houses have got insides and outsides, and so do we. Uh, and all the rooms in the house represent different aspects of our character. So that's why the, the ninth dream, ninth most common dream, finding an unused room, it's all around that area. So you'll see when you are in this house that you're trying to fortify, then there's something in waking life where you are um, protecting yourself in some way. And it's not like you are uh, shying away from something. It's you making yourself stronger and more powerful, maybe uh, feeling a bit less vulnerable around something. So there's a whole series of rooms in there. So all those rooms are different aspects of your character and probably aspects of your creativity, particularly because you're going around opening up these windows. A window is how we perceive a particular situation. It's how we form our perspective on it. A window's our viewpoint. It's something that we look through to understand or make sense of a situation. So something in your waking life where you've got lots and lots of different aspects to your character and lots of different aspects to your creativity, and you're forming 
opinions and perspectives on how you can position yourself in waking life and, and present yourself to the world around you. When you feel that there's an attack on the property, it's not that someone's attacking you in waking life. It's not like there's some music critic that's saying, oh, I don't know about that. What you're actually doing is you are maybe attacking yourself a bit, that you're being uh, quite self-critical about yourself, about the image you're presenting or what yeah, you're I sharing with never. the world. <laughs> you're maybe being a bit judgmental you may be being a bit too analytical so that's why you are you're moving around the house is you're trying to be kind of a, a moving target to yourself that when you criticize one aspect of yourself then you move to another area where you maybe feel a bit more comfortable with yourself so you're trying to uh, create this um, feeling where you feel more powerful and less vulnerable to the opinions of others, but particularly to the critical opinions of yourself. And this feeling of the sun setting, it's not like the ending of something. It can be the end of maybe a professional cycle, but it's usually this idea of, of going into the night, of going into that darkness, because that's where all the good stuff is. That's where all creativity comes from, is from the darkness, and artists like you going in there and illuminating that darkness and bringing treasure back out. Uh, the woman, uh, women, uh, and it, there's all sorts of ways of exploring the gender spectrum, but women traditionally in a dream represents your creativity, your intuition, your empathy, your sensitivity, your ability to nurture something. And a forest symbolizes uh, an area of potential natural growth that is unknown and unfamiliar to you. Oh my God. So you've this got this is so area relevant. all around. It's just crazy. So in, in doing that, this idea of three hours ago, then numbers and dreams, uh, you can take a numerological approach, which works up to a point, but that number three will have some significance. So it can be something uh, in the dream. Uh, it might be three months ago. It might be three years ago, be three weeks ago. Uh, it's probably not just three hours ago. Um, it can also be to do with maybe three things, but usually there's something, there's, there's some time period for you are giving yourself a hard time about. And where you feel let down, uh, the quality that you feel that you are letting yourself down, the quality that you feel you're abandoning in yourself is your ability to be friendly to yourself, to give yourself affection and unconditional love and unconditional care. So the whole dream is about you understanding the, the huge creative potential that you have with all these rooms and forming all these perspectives but you feel that uh, one part of you is constantly attacking that creative part because uh, sometimes you feel you're not worth it. But the action from the dream you'll say is you need to feel that affection for yourself. You need to nurture yourself and you need to spend some time making sure that you know that you're loved. Wow. That's profound. Yossi, that's, that's not resonant at all, is it? <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> so uh, we're, background we're, is we're, Yossi's getting ready, like literally ready in the next couple months to start recording her first album and is right. also having to raise a lot of money to do it. She doesn't have like a trust fund or something like that. So she's having to do like a GoFundMe and get the support of her friends and people from her faith community and, and whatnot and musical supporters of her. And so it's, it's kind of scary. It's asking for money 
and then putting that money on the line and hiring someone that charges thousands of dollars a day and having to come up plus creatively come up with the songs and stuff. And I have been a great supporter yeah. of hers of like, you know, Hey, time to record your album. I introduced her to a bunch of producers in the Portland area that I knew through the grapevine. Um, and have been like, Hey, make sure you're writing your songs. You can do it. This is going to be great. I'm a huge supporter of her artistic, uh, expression. Um, but it's interesting that I'm, I have absented myself in some way from this dream. Ian, what do you think? Yeah, that, that does make sense. It continues to, to build upon that understanding. And it is that part is when you go into any new venture, and again, the, the house symbol is, is really interesting because when you have all those rooms in the house, again, it's like that ninth most common dream. It's all about your potential. It's all about you know exactly what you have done, Rain. You have been opening doors for Rossi. Mm. And those doors that you open lead into all these different rooms. And you have been opening up Yossi's perspective. You have been uh, showing her a window of opportunity to do that and to, to move into something else. So all those parts of it. And it is really um, challenging. Uh, and I, I can empathize with you, Yossi, because I... Uh, quite a lot of the work I'm doing just now is around developing artificial intelligence. Uh, myself and my business partner have had to go out and raise money and uh, uh, put our money on the line and do all those things. And it, it can be really quite terrifying. If you think, what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? But you know it will because that's why you're doing it. There's that part of you that keeps driving forward and it's something that you need to do. And in doing that, you need to realize that, that people will support you. But it can be very hard to ask for support, particularly if you're quite self-contained. It can be because you can seem really needy and feel of no worth and feel like, yeah. And then you've just got to get beyond that and just step into your power uh, and show up as a powerful person and claim your value. Yasi, how does that resonate? It resonates. It was terrifying. I woke up crying from the dream because I ran to the forest and was cowering, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on the phone, waking up from the dream. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. So I texted, and, and, you know. Yeah, the phone's really interesting as well. There's um, phones figure often in dreams, and that's all about getting your message across. So you're trying mm -hmm. to get your message across, not just to rain. But, uh, and not just your creative message, your musical message, but you're also trying to get the message across to friends to mm -hmm. actually state your needs. State so it seems like this dream was just a perfect encapsulation with all of these rich Jungian metaphors and symbols that kind of sums up exactly where Yasi is and what she's going through. It's incredible. The house, the windows, the woman next to her, the phone, the forest, the nighttime. Um, I mean, it's just, it's so clear that her subconscious is really churning and kind of supporting her uh, on this journey, right? Yeah, a, a dream is how you imagine yourself. And mm -hmm. dreams are just all images. They're all these emotional images. And your imagination is just all emotional images. Mm -hmm. So we, we do this every night. The, the dream is how we imagine who we are. 
Well, thank you so much, Yossi. I hope you got something out of this. Thanks for coming on the Thanks, show. Yossi. Thank you, Yossi. A thank lot you. to digest. And um, always. Please, uh, if you have any further thoughts, Yossi, send them to me and I'll forward them to, to, to Ian. Ian, I feel like you should be knighted. You should be Sir Ian Wallace. I don't know why. I'm <laughs> Sir, Ian Wallace. Sir Ian, can we do a couple of more? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks, right. Yoss. Thank, thank you. Yoss. Take care, y'all. All right, so uh, we thought it would be fun uh, now that we heard from Yossi that we could invite, um, you know, our staff, our producers, our engineers uh, of Metaphysical Milkshake. Uh, all of them are very, very disturbed individuals. Uh, and so they, I'm sure, have some really fucked up dreams and they frankly need all the help they can get. So let's start with one of our engineers, the great Libor Yanisik. Hey, Libor. Thank you. Thank Libor, you on, welcome to the show. Show we never get to hear from old Libor. Yeah, we don't He's get to recording hear from all of our sessions behind the scenes. There would be no metaphysical milkshake without Libor. You, I'm you, excited to be on. Mine is not really a dream. I drink so I don't dream oh, because yeah. when I don't drink, I have the wildest, craziest dreams. <laughs> the main dream that I have is I'm being chased and I can't remember if I flat my arms, I could fly away and free myself. So I literally, I, I mean, my mind is so full of different things that's going on and being in the creative atmosphere. So I drink, so I don't dream so I can get a good night's rest. <laughs> the combo, the combo of, uh, top 10 dreams, number one being chased and number six flying. It's a combo of the two, but he forgets that he can fly. I don't think this is a dream analysis. I think this is a, uh, a physiological analysis. I think it's an called intervention, alcoholism, actually. So your, your yeah. family, your family yeah. is here, Libor. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's is more this of an, an intervention? intervention? Are we doing an intervention yeah. all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it's very interesting that you say that you drink uh, not to dream, Libor. Everyone dreams. So on average, uh, so humans sleep in 90-minute cycles, the ultradian rhythm. And in each one of those, we will have a dream episode. So if you sleep for seven or eight hours per night, you will have five sleep cycles and five dream episodes. At the start of the night, they're quite short, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. By morning, you're up to 40 or 45 minutes. So you spend about two hours per night dreaming. Everyone does. We spend a twelfth of our lives dreaming. One thing that alcohol does is it reduces your ability to remember your dreams. So it does suppress dreaming activity. It suppresses REM activity up to a point. Uh, and one of the things you'll notice is that when you stop drinking or you don't drink for a few nights, you'll experience something called REM rebound, where you're, you start to catch up on all your dreaming. The same thing happens with people who experience sleep deprivation that if someone doesn't sleep for 48 hours, when they go to sleep, just about all their sleep is dreaming because dreaming is the most important part of sleep. So you're catching up on all your sleep. So being chased is the most common dream. Flying is the sixth most common dream. So being chased, we have this word pursuit in our language. Pursuit is being chased or chasing something. So there's some ambition that you're pursuing in waking life, Libor something that you're trying to achieve. And if you are a busy man with lots and lots of tasks trying to do that, you'll feel that you're always under pressure. 
no one's chasing you. You're chasing yourself to perform as best as you can in pursuit of excellence. And then when you start flapping your arms, your arm is how you shape and you control your life. So when you take control of a situation and start to shape it into the form that you want it to be for the outcome, that's when you rise above it. That's when you feel that weight come off your shoulders. That's when you release yourself from a burden and you start flying. So that's the process that happens in your dream. How's that sound there, Libor? It sounds great. It's just like jumping out of a perfectly good plane when I skydive. <laughs> uh, also, Libor, you have, you have friends and people who love you. So thank you. Just, you know, I appreciate that. You're, you're gonna appreciate your okay. support. <laughs> well, okay. thank you for the time. It was amazing to learn about my uh, drinking and uh, not dreaming. And now I totally understand it. Maybe I should cut back on the drinking. <laughs> yeah, go back. Get well, back get my back to advice drinking. would be, my advice would be stick with the dreaming. It's much healthier and <laughs> far sure. more powerful for you. For sure. Wait, uh, are you okay. saying dreaming is health is healthier than drinking yourself blotto every night till you pass out? <laughs> Well, it, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an unusual concept, but uh, it is yeah. even coming. And this is coming from a Scotsman, Libor. I know. Yeah, I'm a Czech. Yeah, uh, I was born in Czech Republic. <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar drinking cultures. Yeah. Yes. All right. Next up, we have uh, our producer DJ Lubel, who we make fun of a lot. Uh, he, it's for some close. reason, pronounces his last name Lubel, which I don't do you? that. Don't 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 call him Lubel. It's like a. It's Lubel. All right. It's a proud it family Lubel? name. I, I don't think know Lubel why. is like a, a kind of sex toy, right? Am I wrong about that? Rain, why is someone named Reza Aslan making fun of my name? I just. <laughs> help me. DJ, DJ Lubel, uh, yes. our intrepid, intrepid uh, producer uh, on the pod. Uh, welcome. Welcome. Uh, uh, introduce yourself to Mr. Wallace and, and let's hear your intimate, intimate dreams. Well, first of all, Dr. Wallace, it's an honor and a privilege. I, um, as a producer of Metaphysical, I've been researching you for the last week. So the fact that I get to have a all conversation right. with you. you, I'm very blessed is what I'm trying to say. Um, so I actually had a dream this morning and it's been with me all day. It's, uh, it was odd. It's, I feel like it's, it's rather unusual, but so I was transported to 1988 and I was walking around the set of Naked Gun, um, which Classic. I love that movie. It's a great, it's a fantastic movie. Classic And like movie. Leslie Nielsen, who is one of my favorite actors of all time, was just sort of like showing me around. And he's like, and it, it felt so vivid. And I felt like I was seeing this movie in a way that I've never seen this film before because he's showing me like all the characters and the actors that played the characters. And like he introduced me to the prop master, which which was strange in itself. And <laughs> I don't know. It was just really sweet having this, this moment is... with this person who passed away a few years ago and obviously meant so much to me and my family and, you know, people who love comedy in general. And, uh, and then I woke up and I felt sad that I was no longer with Leslie Nielsen. Now, just to be clear, no connection yes. in the real world to Leslie Nielsen. Zero You've never connection. met him. Never. Now, now this might sound weird, but. You were dreaming about the naked gun. Did you have an erection mm. while having this dream? Mm. I think that I, explains it. I always, I always have an erection when I sleep, Dr. Wallace. Help me. No, I don't know if I had an erection. Yeah, so that, that would be the Freudian interpretation, Rain. <laughs> when uh, we dream about celebrities, 
then we are dreaming about qualities and powers that we have, potential powers and qualities that we need to celebrate. So the celebrity dream is the 26th most common dream. And we use celebrities uh, as a way of symbolizing agency, uh, having power, having resources, and the ability to make choices about what we do with those resources. We also use them uh, as a way of symbolizing admiration and respect. So when you go back to 1988, DJ, there's an idea of something that's in your past, and it might not be in 1988. It might be something a bit more recent, probably. But you are transporting yourself into a situation where you can actually acknowledge, even though the guys around you might seem to be giving you a hard time, you can actually acknowledge that you are admired and respected for your skills and your capabilities. And the idea of The Naked Gun, it's a really interesting film or the, the series because um, it's, it has quite a serious plot line, but the whole thing is really entertaining. And it's kind of what you, like what you do with the metaphysical milkshake. It is quite a profound storyline, but there's a lot of entertainment around that. And the fact that you're getting shown around it all, what you're actually doing in the dream is showing yourself that you understand all the intricacies of making this happen, of making this event happen, of creating things. So things like speaking to the props master, you even know what to do. You you know where the best boy is, you know where the gaffer is, you know how to, where all the lighting panels are, you know where the spare fuses are. All these things that you need to know to technically create something that is shared across the world. You are realizing that you maybe don't need to look to other people for respect and admiration for that. You just need to acknowledge yourself. You need to celebrate the fact that you're doing something that is universally respected and admired, no matter what the other guys are saying about you. Will I ever get the respect of Rain Wilson? Mm. Just out of curiosity. Well, that remains to be seen. Yeah, I'm not going to, I wouldn't hold your breath. On that one, you know this this analysis actually rings really true to me because the one thing that Rain and I know about DJ that you don't know, Ian, is that DJ thinks he's funny, Mm -hmm. and he's not. And it makes sense, though. It makes I mean a lot of what you said made sense in light of that important information. All right, I have. I hope you have more dreams about the naked gun. It's not like that. Thank you, DJ. Thanks for coming on the show. Thing. Thank you for thank Bless you for being you on the show, DJ. Great. Thank uh, you, guys. Okay, one last one. So we cute. have another one of our producers, uh, Safa Samazade Yazd. I've known her for like 14 years. Come on. What are you, Iranian? Yeah. We have another uh, producer on the show uh, that we're going to invite, Safa Samazade Yazd. Uh, uh, her, her dream is a little dark, which I think is appropriate because as... We have talked about, you know, the vast majority of our dreams are negative. And, uh, and so uh, we thought we would end on, on, a, on a little bit of a serious note. Uh, Safa, how's it going? It's going great. So um, a little bit of backstory here. Um, I was a freshman in high school in Littleton, Colorado, uh, when Columbine happened. I know people who made out of it alive, and I had a friend who did not. I was five miles away when it happened. Uh, I went to its sister school. It was 
it was about as close as you could get to experiencing it without physically being there, the connections between the schools. Um, a year later, I was in a bad car accident. I had brain damage, and as a result, my hand was permanently paralyzed. In that year between the two events, I started having a lot of dreams about car accidents. Mm. I always attribute it to, okay, this is me processing Columbine. Um, and, but as time, as time went on, what's interesting, I don't believe in premonitions. Um, but as time went on, the dreams started becoming more and more about my hand. And the last one I remember having, um, there was the mother of a, of someone I knew at Columbine who had brain damage as well when he was shot in the head. And I remember her in the dream saying, it's a shame what happened to her hand. After that, I don't remember having any more because that's where my memory kind of starts to cut off from the head injury. But yeah, that's always been a weird, again, I don't believe in premonition, but yeah, between those two events, these weird dreams about something that ended up happening. Yeah, Safa, thanks for sharing that. That is that's really touching. There's, um, we were talking earlier about precognitive dreams and, and, and premonitions. Uh, and we do live on these two levels. We live in a, a scientific world, but also a mythic world. And very often in that, then we take the meanings of things. We take the symbolic significance of things. So, so if you hadn't shared your backstory with me, you said that you were dreaming about a car accident in which your hand was injured. The symbolic interpretation of that is, so it's like the out-of-control vehicle dream that we were speaking about earlier. When you dream that you're in a car wreck or a car accident, a car crash, then there is something in your waking life where you are concerned that your drive and ambition is kind of getting out of control a bit, or there is something that you're trying to come to terms with, maybe like the, the Columbine tragedy that you're trying to come to terms with, and it just seems such a mess. And, and what your hand does, your hand shapes and controls your life, shapes and controls your future. So the symbolic interpretation would be uh, there's something in waking life that you're really concerned is getting out of control and it will affect your ability to shape your future, which may be because of some traumatic incident. But the fact that it's then happened in reality, uh, there are two ways to explain that. One is it's just a tragic coincidence. Uh, and the other one is there is a more symbolic, synchronistic connection uh, that there is no current psychological or neurological explanation for. And in the, the work that I do, I've been doing this for a while now, and I've worked with over 400,000 dreams from my clients. And there are a few dreams like your one where something is really, really clear like that. Um, and it is, that's one of the mysteries of dreaming that uh, you can engage with it and accept it at a certain level, at a symbolic level. But there's always that feeling that because the dream is getting more intense and more intense and more focused and more detailed, then what led up to that? And there may have been something in your environment that maybe before then you had some near misses when you were in a vehicle and you were worried about that. Or you may. Uh, the hand that you lost the use of, Safa, was it your was it your dominant hand? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you may have been concerned that you wouldn't have the ability to 
to shape and control and do something with. But uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's something that is uh, beyond current psychological understanding exactly how that happens. And all we can say is uh, there's the what of something, the reality of it, uh, but often more importantly, there's the why of it, that symbolic, mythic, unconscious significance of it. Thank you. Safa, thank you thank so you. much. That is a very um, touching, moving, challenging dream. And I uh, hope Ian was able to shed some light on it. And just thank you so much for, for sharing it. And just know from our end, we so appreciate all the work you do on Metaphysical Milkshake and all thank the beautiful you. research and questions you come up with and guests mm -hmm. that you find. You're so much better what? than DJ. Thank you, Safa. Why for would you? On. Why would you say that? I... <laughs> uh, Ian Wallace, this has been definitely one of my favorite episodes uh, of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the time and the attention. Uh, we know that you're you're calling from Scotland. It's like two in the morning over there, and you've been so patient with us. We could we could talk about our dreams all day. This must be what your life is like. I mean, you're you're that guy on the airplane where like you sit next to and you're like, hey, what do you do? Oh, I analyze dreams. Oh, this is gonna be a long flight, but. <laughs> We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I've hugely enjoyed uh, just meeting you guys. And uh, just it's been really great that you've shared your dreams. And the word dream has two meanings in our language. It means these nightly phenomena that we all create, but it's also our hopes and ambitions and aspirations in waking life. And it's just really great to um, have those shared and understand more about what you do. Uh, if, uh, listeners, if you guys had fun with this episode like we did, definitely get your hands on Decode Your Dreams. Uh, it's just like this encyclopedic book about what every dream you've ever had possibly means. Thank you again, uh, Ian Wallace. Thanks, Ian. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Folks, if you want more of Life's Big Questions, you can find us on social at Reza Aslan and at Rain Wilson and on Twitter at Meta Milk Podcast and Instagram at Metaphysical Milkshake. Let us know your Life's Big Questions, your dreams. Who knows? We might just explore them on a future episode. And remember to follow, rate, and review Metaphysical Milkshake on Apple Podcasts and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. And if you like watching us talk, subscribe to our YouTube channel and watch full episodes every week. Thanks so Sweet much. Dreams, Rain. Sweet dreams, Reza. Metaphysical Milkshake is executive produced by Rain Wilson, Reza Aslan, and Colin Thompson. It is produced by Safa Samazadeh-Yazd, Eris Lane, Mick DeMaria, Hashem Self, and DJ Lubel. Cast Media is the production and distribution partner. Original music by Jeff Tang. Uh, what exactly are the high stakes when it comes to celebrity psychology? Just curious. You were talking about, yeah, you know, these high stakes <laughs> industries, like making sure that Rain feels okay about not having won that Emmy. I don't have as many Instagram followers as John Krasinski. <laughs> Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot 
for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.